Welcome to another episode of the Buckets Mentality Podcast. It's been a while since I've recorded one of these, but we got the NBA playoffs starting this weekend. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. I'm going to bring you guys my playoff predictions from both the Eastern and Western Conference. We're going to be crowning a champion on this episode of the podcast. I can't wait. Without further ado, let's get straight into it. Let's talk about some of the things I'm going to be keeping in mind when picking my winners for the postseason. Number one, obviously, I'm looking at superstar power. You just don't win championships the majority of the time in the modern NBA without a superstar. Usually multiple superstars in this current age. We got a lot of superstar duos, a lot of star power around the league. I know there's a lot of top teams that have looked really good as far as chemistry. They have some of these other factors I'm going to mention on the list. But the biggest thing holding them back is the lack of star power in comparison to some of these other teams. That's the first thing I'm keeping in mind. I'm also looking at versatility. I'm looking at how well do you score from all three levels. Can you get into the mid-range? Can you get easy buckets at the cup? Can you get free throws? Can you hit threes? Everything like that. you got to have multiple ways to score the basketball. you got to have multiple guys that can score the basketball. Defensively, how many guys – can switch out and guard multiple players, how you can be able to play the pick and roll game, et cetera. Do you have different defensive schemes that you can throw out and, and really confuse the opposing offense? You got to have elite defense and elite offense most of the time to win or just be insane on one end of the floor. And then we got to talk about the lineup versatility. Like what type of lineups can you throw out there in a series? Can you go small? Can you go big? If a team makes an adjustment, it has a new threat that you have to deal with. Can you counter? Can you have guys that can come in to take a certain player out of the game, et cetera? You got to be able to adjust on the fly. And that's why a lot of people bring up coaching in the postseason. But also, you got to have the personnel. You got to have the lineup versatility to do something like that. Number three, I'm going to say the ability to generate easy buckets and have a reliable go-to guy down the stretch. And a lot of times in the playoffs, the game comes down to a last couple possessions. Who's going to bring you home? How's your offense going to be run? You got to have the playmaker that gets everyone set up and, and lets them know what they're going to be doing down there. And then you got to have the guy that's not afraid to take the big shot, take a high percentage shot and make that shot down the stretch. And then rim protection, I think, is really important in the postseason when we talk about defense because you are trying to prevent those easy buckets, and the rim protector is usually the best guy to do that. And then finally, we'll talk about established roles and on-court chemistry. Everyone's got to be on the same page. you got to have one goal. Egos are cool in certain aspects. You want to be confident in yourself and your abilities, but at the same time, you don't want to have egos clashing. You want everyone to know exactly what their role is and be able to fit together. It's a whole puzzle, you know, and no piece can be out of whack. Everyone's got to be on the same page, one goal, all that good stuff. So without further ado, let's get into it. We're going to start with the Western Conference, okay? And at the time of recording this, the Wizards are still going to be playing the Pacers today to see who's going to be the number eight seed out east. And then for the West, it's going to be tomorrow, the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies to see who's going to be the eighth seed in the West. So everything else, one through seven, is all finalized, but I'm basically going to be predicting who I think is going to be the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. If that doesn't happen, 
it would be pretty much the same result regardless, maybe just an extra game or two, but that's what I'm going off of. So we look at the Western Conference. I've got the Jazz as the number one seed out in the West, and we got the Golden State Warriors who are the eighth seed. They had a tough finish to that game. They played, excuse me, the Los Angeles Lakers really well. They weren't able to get it done. At the end of the day, Curry dropped 37. Draymond, great defense, all-around play. I think they could be a very scary team for the Utah Jazz. I'm also concerned in this series about the health of Donovan Mitchell, about the health of Mike Conley, but the Jazz have been a top-five offense and a top-five defense this season. So they're the only team in the league that can say that, at least in the regular season. Rudy Gobert provides them the anchor and the rim protector in the paint. They have shooting everywhere. They've been a lethal team from three-point range. They have two guys in the running for six-man of the year. When you look at Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles, their depth is really going to be key. I think the Jazz are the better basketball team than the Golden State Warriors. When Clay Thompson comes back, it's going to be a different story. They have a couple other injuries as well. Kelly Oubre, James Wiseman. But I'm going to roll with the Jazz. I'm going to say Steph Curry and company can get two games. But I'm going to say Jazz in six in the one versus eight matchup. We move on to the two versus seven matchup. And this is not your ordinary two versus seven matchup because the Utah Jazz are the one seed and the Phoenix Suns are the number two seed. You got to give your props to Chris Paul. He really came in and helped this Suns team overachieve in the regular season, just like Utah overachieved. Devin Booker has been stellar uh, as a combo guard that can put the ball in the basket, that can make plays. Mikel Bridges is a lethal 3 and D wing. DeAndre Aiden doing his thing inside. Jay Crowder is another experienced veteran. They have some good players on their roster. They're really really good team they're really solid but they don't really have that level of experience they have chris paul and jay crowder but outside of that not much playoff experience on that roster you look at the seven seed lakers they have lebron james and anthony davis they're the reigning and defending nba champions and the only reason they're in the seventh seed to begin with is that those two guys missed a combined 50 games 50 plus games on the season so this is not your normal two versus seven matchup. And yes, the Suns will have home court advantage. Yes, they have the cohesion and the chemistry, and the Lakers are still trying to pick things up. LeBron James and Anthony Davis are still not quite where they need to be to be championship contending again, but they're going to ramp it up. They're going to get there. They did what they need to do in the second half against the Golden State Warriors. I think that's only going to propel them in this series. I've got the Lakers winning in five games to move on to the second round. Phoenix is going to play up tough. These are going to be close competitive games, but I got the Lakers winning in five games. We got the three-seed Denver Nuggets versus six-seed Blazers. I mean, technically, I picked the Lakers over the Suns as a seven versus two, but the first real upset, the Lakers are favored in that matchup. The first real upset I got is the Portland Trail Blazers defeating the Denver Nuggets. And shout-out to Nikola Jokic. He's been the MVP of the league this year. You got to give him your props, but I think the Portland Trail Blazers are going to have the better team in this series. They're red hot, winning 12 out of their last 14. Damian Lillard's been phenomenal this year, and he has his backcourt mate. He's got the second part of their duo there in C.J. McCollum. While Jamal Murray, the guy that tore up the bubble last year, was one of the main reasons why the Nuggets made the conference finals. He's going to be out, so 
That's advantage Portland. And yes, Michael Porter Jr. could step up, but they're also missing guys like Will Barton. I just don't know if the Nuggets have enough to get it done. It's tough to go up there in the mile high and win, but I've got the Blazers winning in six games. I just think they're the better team. They got to defend, though, because they've been really suspect defensively at times. But if the Blazers, if Dame Dollar comes out there and does what he needs to do, I think the Blazers could steal that series, Blazers in six. And then the 4-5 matchup, we got the Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks. Man, the Dallas Mavericks will shock some people in this series as long as Kristaps Porzingis is healthy. He's been in and out of the lineup all season. Pretty disappointing on that front. But the Dallas Mavericks are rolling. They've been a team I've been telling people to watch all season to potentially make a far run. But they do have the Clippers in the first round. And although Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis match up very well with the Clippers, the Clippers were able to address some of their needs. They got a playmaking point guard in Rajon Rondo. And he's going to be a big-time difference for them in this series to settle them down. I do think it's going to go the distance. I think it's going to go to a game seven, but I think Rondo will be able to settle them down. I think Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are not going to want the humility of going out in the first round after what happened last year. They don't want to choke in that level and fashion. I think they'll come through in a game seven and advance to the second round, Clippers in seven. So that sets us up for round two, a Jazz-Clippers matchup in the 1-4, and a Blazers-Lakers matchup 6-7 in the second round. And then I have the Jazz losing to the Los Angeles Clippers. I just think the Clippers, their star power is going to be a big-time advantage for them in this series. Again, we're not sure about Donovan Mitchell's health. Him and Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley, like that's, that's a cool little trio there, but doesn't really have much on Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And even if you want to throw Rondo in there as the third guy and the Clippers have good amount of depth, I think the Clippers are going to win that series in six games to advance to their first conference finals in their franchise's history. Both of these teams shoot the ball very well from three-point range. The Clippers have led the league in three-point percentage and free throw percentage. I think they're going to be able to outplay the Utah Jazz in this one. And then the Blazers and the Lakers, I think this is a mismatch. Again, don't be confused with the seeding. The Blazers at number six seed, and then the Lakers at number seven. The Lakers are the better basketball team. And by this time, they're really going to be feeling themselves. They will have had a quick series with the Phoenix Suns. They will have done what they did to the Warriors in the playing game. They'll be picking up steam. They'll be getting healthier. I think the Los Angeles Lakers sweep the Portland Trailblazers in the second round and advance to the conference finals to finally give us the Battle of L.A. that we have won. And in this Battle of L.A., I think it is going to live up to the hype. I think it's going to go the distance and it's going to go to a game seven. And I personally believe I would be foolish to not pick the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James in a seventh game going up against the Los Angeles Clippers. I don't see him losing as long as he's healthy, as long as AD is healthy. I don't see them losing to the Los Angeles Clippers, especially not in a game seven. Give me the Los Angeles Lakers to come out of the Western Conference and advance to the NBA Finals. Now let's go over to the east side of the bracket. We're saying the Washington Wizards make it into the playoffs as the eighth seed. I predicted that the Celtics would get the seven. And 
I think the Wizards will find a way to beat the Indiana Pacers, get into that eighth seed. And when they play against the Philadelphia 76ers in the first round, I'm going to roll with the Sixers in a quick five games. I'm giving Russell Westbrook one wild card, just he goes off type game. Like, but I really don't see the Wizards doing much damage. Bradley Beal's not 100% healthy. The Sixers have the wing defenders, Matisse Thibel, Ben Simmons. They're really going to lock down, and Westbrook's going to have a lot of inefficient games in this series. And Joel Embiid is going to absolutely eat the Washington Wizards bigs alive. Absolutely feast on them. So I'm giving the Wizards the benefit of the doubt taking a game, but the Sixers could very easily sweep this series. In a two-versus-seven matchup, I'm actually predicting a sweep. I think the Brooklyn Nets take the brooms out for the Boston Celtics. Kyrie Irving finally has a chance to really stick it to his former team. He has a super team now. He's got Kevin Durant. He's got James Harden. So he's coming there with his boys, his talented boys that are even more talented than him. And Kyrie alone is better than anyone on the Boston Celtics roster. So I think they come in extra motivated. They got home court advantage. They wipe the floor and they end it in the Boston Garden. Sweep. Get out your brooms. Three versus six Bucks taking on the Miami Heat. And I'm going to roll with the Bucks. I know a lot of people thinking about the Miami Heat. We think about what they did last year. And I've actually had the Bucks going far. I've had them coming out the East for the past two years. And both years, they let me down in the conference finals against Toronto and then in the second round to the Miami Heat. But the Bucks should be able to beat the Heat. I mean, the upgrade from Eric Bledsoe to Drew Holiday can't be understated. He's literally better at every single aspect of the game of basketball. Their bench is better. Giannis has gotten a little bit more of a bag. He seems to be bringing some new tricks out. And also, the Heat are not quite as good as they were last year. Again, they really didn't turn on until the playoffs. They were like a five seed throughout the regular season. But no Jay Crowder in this scenario. Also, Duncan Robinson, more so Tyler Hero than Duncan Robinson, but both of those guys who were extremely lethal last year haven't looked the part. You know, Tyler Hero has been very shaky, very inconsistent. I question what level of production we're going to get from Tyler Hero. So I'm going to roll with the Bucks statement. They made a statement basically throughout the regular season game where they had a chance to potentially tank seeding. They say, we're not scared. We're not ducking any smoke. And I think the Bucs will come in and Giannis will get his revenge on the Miami Heat. I got the Bucs in six. And in the four or five matchup, we got the New York Knicks taking on the Atlanta Hawks. I'm going to roll with the Atlanta Hawks. A lot of people going Knicks. And I get it because their defense is great. What Julius Randle's done is great. Tom Thibodeau's been a very good coach for them this year. I think the Atlanta Hawks win this series because I know the Knicks are going to send everything at Trey Young. I get it. And he's going to probably struggle a lot in terms of scoring the basketball. But Trey Young is one of the best passers in the league. And he's got a lot of help. He's got a lot of others that can step up. We talk about Bogdanovich. talk about Clint Capella as a defensive player of the year candidate who can disrupt what the Knicks are trying to do. And I wonder if the Knicks offensively are going to be able to keep up with the Hawks amount of firepower. You talk about guys like Gallinari and Lou Williams, Lemon Pepper Lou coming off the bench. John Collins is another guy that's in a contract year trying to prove himself and his value, at least on the offensive end of the floor. So I think the Hawks will be able to have those others 
beat him. Whereas with the Knicks, I know the Hawks don't really have an answer for Julius Randle, but who else is really going to give them consistent offense outside of Julius Randle? I mean, R.J. Barrett's had his flashes. He looked pretty good at times this year, but I don't know if I trust the supporting cast. Derrick Rose off the bench is a big-time pickup for them, but it might not be enough. It really might not be enough, and I'm going to go with the Hawks. I just think their talent is really, really good. So we're going to have a second-round matchup between the Philadelphia 76ers and the Atlanta Hawks, and that will be time to get out the brooms, okay, because – the Atlanta Hawks cannot match up with the Philadelphia 76ers to me with all due respect to the Hawks. I think Joel Embiid will have another series where he'll be able to do a lot of damage. Yes, Capella is a really good rim protector, but if you're having him play one-on-one defense against Joel Embiid, that's going to be a problem, okay? And the Sixers have shooters around Joel Embiid, not Ben Simmons, but we're talking about guys like Seth Curry and Danny Green. So I think the Sixers literally – sweep the the Hawks they've got the great perfect perimeter defenders to deal with Trey Young and not just Trey Young they have multiple guys so they can stick them on the Bogdanovich or whatnot so just a bad matchup for the Hawks on the other side I got the two-seeded Nets taking on the three-seed Bucks I'm gonna roll with the Bucks because as long as Giannis doesn't drop 60 points I just don't think his individual scoring is going to be enough he can average 35 like he can average 40 points maybe on the high end but I just don't trust the others for the Bucks to be able to consistently produce in a series against the Brooklyn Nets. This is going to be a high-stakes series. Um, I just don't know because we've seen Chris Middleton. We've seen uh, Drew Holiday in the past. We just don't know if it's going to be enough. Drew obviously not with the Bucks, but in, in previous years, we just don't know if he's going to be able to produce at this stage, at this level. He's never really been in a series like this outside of maybe the Golden State series, if you want to say that, um, where the stakes are this high, though. So, And the Nets got three superstars, so I think they'll take care of it. Um, and then we move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. We got the one-seed Philadelphia 76ers taking on the two-seed Brooklyn Nets. And this is the first time that the Sixers are really going to have a challenge throughout this entire postseason. And I just think they're going to get punched in the mouth. I just don't think they're going to be ready for the level of star power, the level of intensity that the Nets are going to be bringing because Joel Embiid's not going to be able to have like a reliable number two. We talk about Tobias Harris. Are you really confident he could be a number two option in the postseason? Ben Simmons is sure as hell ain't going to be a number two option. So how are they going to deal with the firepower of the Brooklyn Nets? And, yes, the defense is going to be there. They're going to have guys to throw at James Harden, guys to throw at Kyrie Irving. But those guys are just so lethal that – and they're playing together that it's going to be tough to stop them. And their role players are really, really solid too. Talk about Joe Harris. Talk about Landry Shaman, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green. Blake Griffin is a role player for this team. So I think the Brooklyn Nets – are going to take this series in six games, and we are going to get the highly anticipated NBA Finals between the two-seeded Brooklyn Nets and the seven-seeded Los Angeles Lakers. We're going to get KD, Kyrie, James Harden versus LeBron James and Anthony Davis to me. And man, as much as I want to pick the Los Angeles Lakers, as much as I want to say that this is going to be some historic 
run. It's already history that a seven seed is going to the NBA Finals. And LeBron will be making his 11th straight Finals. And they've overcome a lot of odds. But it just doesn't seem like it's in the cars this year for the Lakers to win the NBA championship. I'm just doubtful that they could become the first team in the history of basketball to win the championship as a seven seed, given all the setbacks and all the circumstances that's come on this team this season with the amount of games missed from LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They're not going to fully be 100%. They're going to be pretty close by then because they're going to have a lot of games under their belt. They're going to be having a tough contested series with the Clippers coming up. They have a tough road as a seventh seed, playing multiple road series. The conference finals may be kind of a home series, you know, because both teams are going to be playing at Staples. But two rounds on the road to go into that in the brutal Western Conference, not quite all the way there, man. It's going to be really tough. And not to mention, even if they were fully healthy, they had all the reps, they had all the chemistry and whatnot, you still have to go up against a Brooklyn Nets super team. Three superstars on the other side with good depth around them. And I just think that task is going to be a little bit too tough for the Los Angeles Lakers. Unfortunately, to handle, I have the Brooklyn Nets winning in five games. And yeah, they've had some injuries too. They've had uh, James Harden and Kevin Durant out the lineup, but they've always had at least one superstar healthy and their role players they literally just can catch and shoot or do little things as role players. They know they're going to be fine. That offense has turned up all year. They've been the best offense in all of basketball. I think they're just going to be too much to beat. I get the questions about their defense, about how they're going to do with size and interior forces. And I think the Lakers, if they're fully healthy and they're coming into this as like a one seed or a two seed, and they had an easier first round and they just had – Really, they could just run it back with just a better supporting cast, and everyone was on the same page. They were clicking. They were ready to go. I think the Lakers could really pull off that task of beating the Brooklyn Nets, but this year, I just don't think it's in the cars for them. I'm going to roll with the Brooklyn Nets in a gentleman's sweep five games. They're going to come into the NBA Finals. They're going to know what's at stake, and they're going to hand it to the Lakers. Unfortunately, I got the Brooklyn Nets winning the NBA championship, so you guys like this, make sure to stick around for more content. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. That's going to be it for me. I'm out. Peace.